It is week nine, and it is a very special 100% free Patreon preview episode. Just to be honest with you, look, the more people that sign up to the Patreon, the more time we can give to this. And with the time we've already given to this, we have this podcast, which Nailed a lot of picks last week. I'm not gonna just gonna just gonna say that. Just gonna say that. We have the fantasy football by Brodo app, which gives you every single tool you need to become your own expert, dominate your fantasy football. It has a start sit tool, rushing yards over expected tool, the best tool in fantasy football, defensive points over average, aka true matchup ranking. It has true target value, it has true throw value, it has the ultimate player cards, game logs. Everything you need right in the palm of your hand. That's what we've already done. And we've had and we built the amazing Patreon community that's really built us, if we're being honest. The the best Patreon community in the world. So if you want to be a part of that, if you if you're stumbling upon us for the first time, or if you've been a listener and you like what you're about to hear, then please go over to patreon.com slash brotofantasy and for as little as three dollars a month. You can contribute to this whole thing and continue to help us grow and continue to get this information and to put more and more tools together that will help you dominate. Cass, Cass uh, our guy, is behind the scenes right now working on masterpieces. That's just how it is. And we're gonna, about to give you a masterpiece right now. Let's get into it. The uh, Fantasy Football by Brodo app and the Brodo Fantasy Football podcast begins right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. So, Michael, I want to start, you know, look, I don't really like tooting my own horn that much. All right, I'm, I, I, tend, I want to be a humble guy. And let me first pull in Michael here to talk. What's good, Michael? How you doing? Tim, I say you're a very humble guy typically, but in fantasy football, you are not a humble guy. <laughs> I try to be a humble guy in my life. But also, I want to know that my hard work is paying off, and I want the people who actually pay for us to know that they're investing in good things. Michael, I finished as number six ranker in wide receivers this week. That means the last three weeks that I've ranked, again, I was sick week six, and I completely took the week off ranking because I literally couldn't even look at a screen without my brain feeling like it was going to explode through my head. Um, I've been top 10 in a position, at least a position, in the rankings. So you know what you're getting here. You're getting the top. And shout-out to defensive points over average in the true matchup rankings for continuing the success on tight ends. It wasn't top 10 this week, but it was still successful. (laughs) Michael, how you doing, man? Doing good. Ready to uh, talk week nine. We're officially, I guess, like with the Thursday game going on. It's like a 17-week fantasy season. So you could say we're eight and a half weeks at this moment. So basically right at the 50% mark of the fantasy season. It's nice. It's a, it's a good feeling if you're in first place, and it's a bad feeling if you're not. <laughs> but just I goes have... to show you, you got time to uh, to come back. We still oh, got, you got time to come back. Several we're, weeks in the regular season. We were just talking about this. And and uh, by the way, Michael, of course, uh, the be- the best fantasy analyst, honestly, that I know this guy and he's also he takes that into real life because what he did he drafted a team that even after the draft he was like there's a very team that i don't really like and i'm not really feeling it it was weird michael he scored a lot of, he did not score a lot of points the first two weeks 
He has completely traded his team away, completely brought in a completely different team, and now this kid's in second place after being 0-2. That's yeah, what you, that's what he does. Yeah, that is what I do, baby. I think I have like one person. Brees Hall might be the only guy that I kept from the draft, which is now looking dandy. Yeah, because probably you couldn't <laughs> even give him away. <laughs> you were trying to trade him to me. I can't remember what the trade was, but it was, but in I was uh, I was trying to oversell him because I knew his potential, and people were too scared to take the risk. I'm glad people were saying no. You were you were trying it to sell out. me, I think for CD. I think you were trying to give me like Brees Hall and and a scrub wide receiver, Jahan Dotson. I think Jahan Dotson. Yeah. yeah. Nah, I was. I, I still. I've, I'm. I'm. Ha- I'll still take that. I'll still take that. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, so this is what the show is going to look like today. We're gonna kind of merge the news segment with the trade deadline. So we'll do the trade deadline, then we'll do some news, and then uh, we're going to get into our rankings review, and then, of course, the mailbag, patreon.com slash fantasy. Again, if you are new to the show, uh, if you are new to watching this, and if you don't know what the Patreon perks are, one of the Patreon perks is that we answer the mailbag questions every single week. So if you got whatever mailbag questions, whatever starts it, and, Michael, you also go into the all polls for the start sit as well. Um there's an all polls channel where everyone in the discord votes uh, for, for trades, votes for pickups, votes for uh, starts hits. And so we'll go over those as well. And that is a guarantee that we're going to get to all those. So um, come through. This is your, this could be your own personal podcast. How, how would you like that? All right. And you know, the tools we're using too, because they're available to everyone. All right. So I think the, the biggest news that we have to start um, wasn't even news of a trade. It was Josh McDaniels. Uh, their GM, Dave Ziegler, and the Raiders offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi, all get in the bootski. And yeah. I don't know if you he- heard the story behind it, Michael, but it's quite the story. Dude, is it? Is that accurate? I thought it was an Onion article, but then I saw someone. It was from, like, The Athletic or something. It was. A, it, I, I don't know where it's from. I don't know what the report is for. But the report says that Josh McDaniels came in dressed like Al Davis <laughs> for Halloween, and he did not take kindly to it and fired him on a napkin. And... I'm going to tell you right now. I I think it's true because, yo, you're, if you're Josh McDaniels, bro, and you did not, you, your team sucks, you, Jimmy G sucks, Devontae Adams is pissed off, and you didn't trade him. And I think like that, I think really, I don't think this, the timing of these firings are anything to um, scoff at. I think that. Mark Mark Davis knows where this team is at. He's uh he's a, one of the smarter football minds. He's been around football his entire life. Uh and to knowing that you didn't make a move. First of all, your team sucks. You know you're not going to contend this this year. And you, it has to take a miracle turn turnaround. And on top of that, you don't trade anyone. So you're not building towards the future. You're just happy being not even mediocre, sub mediocre, but not good enough to get like a first pick. Right? Not bad enough to get the first pick, really. And then on top of that, you come in dressed as your your boss. Like that takes some real fucking like real dickhead boss. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have no issue with people, you know, who enjoy Halloween. They want to get dressed up or something. That's cool. Do you? But there's a time and a place like you (laughs) just got absolutely worked on primetime television. Monday night game. One of the front of everyone. And then the next morning, you're just going to, you know that you're kind of on the hot seat already. The next morning, you're just going to come in dressed as your owner, like poking fun at him. That's ballsy. That takes some balls, like man. Uh, yeah. And it did not pay off. The, the opposite happened. 
It, I mean, they they needed to they needed to move on from Devontae Adams, but now they don't move on to their to Devontae Adams, and it's Aiden O'Connell who's going to be playing quarterback for the foreseeable future. Um, it looks like they're making a move. Uh, Antonio Pierce, by the way, takes over as head coach. Antonio Pierce, who was like destined to be a head coach, like he was one of the great linebackers of our prime. He was a uh, like I think a six giant pick. great. Yeah, I think it was like a giant sixth round pick or something like that, late round pick, or even a sec, maybe a second round pick, either second or sixth. Uh, I know it's a big difference, but I remember him being like a surprise that he's this good. He started off at Washington and then he got signed by the Giants and he really took off with the Giants. Um, but uh, he was apparently always it's a, apparently it's a hoax. There's, oh, there's is what it? They're saying, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it seemed too ridiculous to be true. All right, because either that... way, it, he is Josh McDaniels is probably one of the worst like all-time attempts at being a head coach it's kind of crazy like how these belichick disciples they come through and they just think they're bill belichick and just like i don't want to hate he's one of the greatest and those teams were great and that and i watched him up close and it was not just tom brady but at the same time like the way they built teams was that they didn't pay anyone they just it was like next man up they were just going to replenish and recycle and they were going to keep everyone young and not paid and that only works when you have Tom Brady. And you see all of these these Bill Belichick disciples and currently Bill Belichick doing the same thing. It just doesn't work because you don't have Tom and, Brady. Uh, a Vegas beat reporter said that the uh, the locker room was all all smiles today, mm. which is not not very uh, not a very good indictment on the Josh McDaniels era. I will say this over the last few years, it's been head coach fired in the season team gets a bump. The next week, it's not See, like, opposite. but that's what I don't get. Like the Raiders were even before the Monday night game, what they were three and four. They were still in the hunt. Like the seventh seed is wide open. Anyone could get that seventh seed right now. The Raiders were one of the top contenders for it, basically. Yeah, they got worked Monday night and yeah, they fired their head coach and everything. But they're just I'm confused as to why they're just throwing their season away when you have guys like. Devontae Adams, like veterans on the team, Josh Jacobs, who you just paid. Like, you're just going to waste a year of these guys now that you're just folding. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, he didn't have a good game Monday night. Everyone could see that. But no one's going to convince me or anyone else in the league that Jimmy Garoppolo is not better than Aiden O'Connell. Like, come on, man. I mean, I, th I think I think that you're giving them a little too much credit. I don't think that there's... I think you have Devontae Adams and then you have Josh Jacobs and that's it. Like there's really nothing else you could point to besides Max Crosby on the other side that gives you a distinct advantage over any other team in the league. But Aiden yeah. O'Connell's a 25-year-old like rookie late round pick. It just seems silly. Well, what do you think this means for Devontae Adams going forward? Like if you are uh, a person who rosters Devontae Adams, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams had a, a couple big games in the beginning of the season, and since then it's just been all downhill. Like, it's been a uh, we, – we're not used to seeing these types of performances from Devontae Adams. Four for 45, two for 29, one for 11. Like, he hasn't finished as a top 30 wide receiver since week three. It's very un-Devontae Adams-like, and you're hoping Aiden O'Connell could just come in here and say, let me trust my best wide receiver, Devontae Adams, and throw it to him a lot. But I do not see this being an upgrade. I never think a 
QB downgrade is an upgrade for any of the weapons in the offense. Jacoby Myers goes from someone who's been a honestly a top 15 wide receiver this year to someone who let's see if he could retain wide receiver three value now with Aiden O'Connell. Like I think it's just a a huge knock on all all uh, Raiders players. Is there no part of you who thinks maybe Aiden O'Connell is a better fantasy option than? Yeah, no. He already really? started a game and it was it was, it sucked. I mean, he started two games. Week four, um, he was twenty four for thirty nine. So he, he threw the ball thirty nine times for two hundred and thirty eight yards and an interception. Um, and then week seven against Chicago, he was ten for thirteen with that seven, one. He seven. came he came in in garbage yeah. time in that one. Yeah. So in that game, I mean, uh, I mean the. The guys that I respect, I'm not going to call them out, but guys that I respect in the industry are are happy about this. They think it's an upgrade. They think that he Aiden O'Connell is going to be a young guy who just throws balls at Devontae Adams as many times as possible. There's a I chance mean, that happens. I'm on your yeah, side though. I I, I, I feel I like this is more this is more negative. I have Devontae Adams in a high st- in a in a in the Scott Fishbowl, not high stakes, but like high stakes in terms of like, do you want to win over a bunch of people? Um, but yeah, I'm not happy about it. I think it's a downgrade. All right. Speaking of not happy about it, I have a Vikings fan friend who's one of my lifelong friends. Shout out to Elias. Love that guy. Uh, he's in the group chat. He's in our main league. And when Josh Dobbs got traded to Minnesota, he said words that I can't repeat on this airwave, but he was not happy about it. He wanted, he wanted Jameis. Yeah. yeah, but Michael, what do you what do you think? I I mean, I have my thoughts on this. I want to <laughs> let you go first, though. Yeah, look, Josh Dobbs, we I don't know when Josh Dobbs became the guy to, you know, just oh, we need someone to start. Go get Josh Dobbs. I guess. I mean, he's like a, a genius, apparently, like aerospace engineer degree. Um, so that probably has a lot to do with it. Probably could very quickly pick up a, a playbook. But let me tell you, if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, obviously he's not Kirk Cousins. But he's also not Jaron Hall, another 25-year-old rookie quarterback, late-round pick out of BYU. Like, Jaron Hall, I look, I don't know much about Jaron Hall, but if I'm the Vikings, seeing what Josh Jobs has been able to do with the Cardinals this year with a, you know, not a very good uh, not a very good supporting cast. Like, he hasn't had James Conner. He has a UDFA and Amari Dermacato leading the backfield. Like, Hollywood Brown's really the only notable receiver, a, a third-round wide receiver, and Michael Wilson is the number two option. Zach Ertz is injured now. He was, like, the veteran there, and now he's throwing a Trey McBride. Like, it's not like he had a huge supporting cast. So now he's going to come over, um, throw to TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson expected to return in, like, week 10 or 11. It's not the worst situation ever um for vikings players certainly better than if they just stuck with jaron hall but definitely a downgrade from kirk cousins who is like i mean this entire season kirk cousins has been like a with the way low-end qb1s have been this year it's like kirk cousins has been a breath of fresh air for people who waited on the qb position and drafted kirk cousins because he was just throwing a ton throwing a lot of touchdowns putting up high yardage numbers like he had one of the highest floors of any qb in the league Um, I I doubt that'll be the case with Josh Dobbs. This could potentially, I always say a better quarterback is better for the entire team. In this case, I do think this could be a little bit better for the running backs though. Like Alexander Madison, Cam Akers. um, They, I think they're going to have to be closer to a 55, 45 passing rushing team than they've been this season where they've just been throwing the rock. They have the least amount of runs in the entire NFL. 
Yeah, uh, then that's not going to cut it with Josh Dobbs. At least I don't think. Maybe Kevin O'Connell says, screw it. Let's give Dobbs a chance to run the Kirk Cousins offense. <laughs> but I doubt that's the case. Well, I mean, it's a complicated offense. And I look, when you say it's a downgrade from Kirk Cousins, I think that's really obvious. I think if you're expecting Josh Dobbs to be Kirk Cousins, then that that's an unreasonable expectation. But yeah, in terms of fantasy, I think this is a win, man. Look. Jameis Winston, you don't know what he has. Like, the Jameis Winston that you're thinking about, split time with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's now, like, like calling his games. Like, you know, this is a guy who did that in, was it, 2017, 2018? This was a long-ass time ago. And the last time we saw Jameis Winston, he was a dinker and dunker down the field. And Josh Dobbs, we've seen him, most importantly, carry a wide receiver. So I think that... If you have Jordan Addison, you have to be happy and sad. You're sad because he probably can't carry two wide receivers. We're going to be able to see that. But while Justin Jefferson is out, you're talking about a guy who, outside of week one, when he gave Marquise Brown five targets, Hollywood was not targeted less than seven times in those games. He was targeted ten times, one, two, three, four, five times. It's week eight. He finished as uh, in between wide receiver 13 and wide receiver 23 so as a wide receiver too uh every single week except week one and week seven like this is a guy who was producing with josh Dobbs as quarterback so i think if you're a jordan addison uh manager you are happy uh, very happy about this for in the short term then but if you're if you're justin jefferson hell yeah like you know is it kirk cousins no but you your justin jefferson shares are safe knowing that you're at least gonna have a guy who's going to get him the rock 10 times a game. And if he doesn't, and he's, he's when you get the rock to him 10 times a game, good things happen. He's Justin Jefferson. There's really not Michael. You're on mute. Yeah, my bad. I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists who think Justin Jefferson is not going to play or something like he's a superstar being like, He's a superstar. He's going to come back and play. He's not just going to be a little uh, dude who just sits out like, oh, yeah, my legs hurt. Like, that doesn't actually happen in the NFL 99% of the time. Justin Jefferson's a young superstar. He's going to come back and play. The Vikings traded for Josh Dobbs, obviously, because they're going to continue to try to win. They didn't trade for Josh Dobbs to lose. They would have just kept Jaron Hall if that's the case. So He's smart, man. So, you know, picking up a a complicated offense, you want a smart guy behind behind the center. So at least you know you got a smart guy. Uh, he's the official I need a starter next year guy, like next game guy. Um, Ezra Cleveland traded to Jacksonville, which is weird because he's the starting guard for the Vikings and he was traded to Jacksonville. Like I, I heard conflicting things because I, I like Greg Rosenthal, a guy that I really uh, admire. He says that Ezra Cleveland was like a pariah and they were always trying to bench him. But the way Adam Schefter tweeted it was like young rising star guard on the move to Jacksonville. He'll take his amazing talents over. Like, it's like, what the, like, I was, I had to check myself. Like, why don't I know more about Ezra Cleveland? <laughs> you know, yeah, so I don't, I don't know what's I don't going know on here. I don't know about Ezra Cleveland. Because it's showing a move for winning and then you're trading away your starting guard. Maybe it's just, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. It's a little, I mean, look, it's a little strange. I don't think it really, uh, Changes anything for either of these teams. Clearly, the Vikings, I mean, they traded him for a six-round pick. Clearly, the Vikings are not very fond of him and feel they could perform without him. And clearly, the Jaguars, like, uh, 
or they were willing to pay a sixth round pick to give him a shot. And if it works out, their line's better. If it doesn't, they have the same exact line that they had already. So I don't really think this changes much at all from a fantasy perspective. Leonard Fournette. Lombardi Lenny is back. He's yeah. on the Bills. The Bills continue to want someone to power eye that shit down the middle. Um, what do you think, Michael? What is your what are your thoughts on Leonard Fournette? Yeah, the Buffalo Bills are clearly not as enamored with James Cook as many of the fantasy community um, analysts and players are. James Cook has been someone I've been fading all year because of his lack of uh, usage in the red zone and, you know, um, to Latavius Murray, Damien Harris, and Damien Harris goes on IR, and Latavius Murray is the oldest running back in the league, if I'm not mistaken. So it makes sense to bring in Leonard Fournette to be, uh, instead of having the oldest running back in the league as your thumper and goal line running back, give it to Leonard Fournette, who you know can do the job, see if he still has some juice left in his legs. It's, I mean, it's not a, it can't be harmful by any means, but uh, I just think it goes to show that uh, James Cook is not going to be the red zone or goal line back anytime soon. The only time he's taken snaps there this season um, has been when they've been in like a hurry up offense and they haven't made any substitutions. So I was wrong about it. And Michael told you try and trade James Cook. So I hope you were um, listening to Michael because I thought he was going to take a lot. But, you know, it's just not what the Bills do. It's it's like it's like counting on a Patriots running back, man. You can never count on a Patriots running back. You can never count on a Bills running back. It's just and Cook has been fine this year. But whatever, um, especially PPR. Fine. Yeah, yeah, PPR. He's obviously he gets the a little bit of a boost. But either way, even in PPR leagues, like at some point you need to score touchdowns to have the bigger games. He was the guy that was flying up draft boards during draft season, just absolutely yeah. skyrocketing up draft boards. Um, but for Leonard Fournette, I think this could have some shady potential. If I'm in a deep league, I'm seeing if I can stash yeah. him. I mean, I added him in a in a 14 team league on my bench. Why not? Yeah. I uh I've been stashing him in Scott Fish, which is the waiver wire is just completely barren in the in those leagues because it's full of professionals. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that he maybe pays off. All right, let's go to a different one. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones at Detroit. So I think this is an interesting one because one, Donovan Peoples Jones fills a role for them. Marvin Jones was playing a lot of snaps. I think he was at like sixty five percent of snaps um before he retired and now so so now marvin jones um is the person that is going to be replaced by donovan people's jones and it's interesting because you heard the boo birds come out a little bit for jameson williams in the last game and he hasn't been producing since he's been back is this a anti jameson williams move or do you think that this this is something that could help i mean i think it has to be right like it's certainly not a ringing endorsement of jameson williams like you know josh reynolds has the trust and chemistry with um jared goff playing together for years that's unquestioned you know aminra is aminra but like jameson williams is supposed to be a deep threat he's supposed to be a guy who makes big plays he has already in the very few plays that he's made in his career he's made the big play and that's what donovan people's jones does run the streak beat somebody deep have a 20 plus yard per target like and then they go and trade for him and jameson williams is supposedly healthy and like i mean it also he's just keeps dropping passes too which obviously doesn't help you got to catch a damn ball if you want to be on the field but yeah i mean jameson williams after they traded up to get him in the first round obviously the whole ordeal the injury and then the the 
suspension and everything. It's been a very rocky start to his career as a Lion. And I don't know, trading for DPJ here is certainly not ideal for him, I don't think. It's interesting because last year Donovan Peoples Jones wasn't that deep threat that you're talking about. He was the uh he had a, he was 38th in A dot, 29th in yards per reception, but in his best season in 2021, that's exactly what he was. That's what he yeah. did. He was he had he was third in the league in A dot, fourth in the league in yards per reception. Um so definitely like like some, MVS some, with A Rod, not with Mahomes. Right. Right. So Definitely, uh, definitely something to be concerned about if you're it, like a Jameson Williams truther bag holder. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's get to Montez Sweat traded to Chicago and Chase Young traded to San Francisco. Now, the reason why I want to talk this is because this, this is defense. We're not going to analyze defense, but I will say this: I love this. If you have a guy like Terry McLaurin, if you have a guy like. Sam Howell, and maybe even a little Josh Dotson after what we've seen so far. Jahan. Jahan Johnson, excuse me. Dude, they're, they're not going to have any pass rush. Great. Keep slinging the ball around. That's been a very high percentage offense. According to Greg Rosenthal, the guy I just talked about, they're fourth in the league in EPA per pass play. So this is not a team that's at any in any way at a disadvantage um, if they have to sling the ball around. And Tim Howell's been doing that uh, well. He's been turning the ball over. He's been getting sacked. But that doesn't matter for fantasy. So, yeah, yeah I think there's a big win for Terry McLaurin in, a, in an abstract way. I mean, the more pass attempts, the better when it comes to uh, fantasy potential when you have someone like Sam Howell, a low true throw value type of quarterback um, behind the rock slinging it. It definitely helps the more targets you get. But also, I just have to say, Chicago Bears have to be the dumbest franchise of all time. Like, they traded a second-round pick for a defensive end at the end of his contract. Like, one, they're not currently trying to win. Or if they are, they're not going to because that team's a dumpster fire anyways. So, like, they're not making the playoffs or anything this year. They're planning towards the future, and they trade a second-round pick to sign a defensive end to a massive contract who came out today and said he's not signing an extension anytime soon because he wants to see what's available. Yo, if Montez Sweat signs somewhere else, they paid a second round pick for a rental defensive end. He's not going to. They're gonna they're gonna franchise in a him. lost season. They're gonna franchise him. Either way, he's so stupid. Nah, I, I I disagree. I think that when you have an opportunity to get a guy in Montez Sweat that's that's kind of already you already know that I mean, what are the odds that you're getting more than Montez Sweat in the second round? Montez Sweat has been a very good player in in his career and He's young, but it's the and you do control his contract. It's the value of it too, though. You do hit in the second round. You're paying a lot less than Montez Sweat is going to get paid. Yes, but they it's just, do. It's have a, a rebuilding team. It just doesn't make sense. They have a lot of cap room, and it makes sense because you want to get good players on your team. That's how you rebuild. And and you know instead of going out and signing him, who knows if he signs with Chicago? I don't know. I kind of like this move. I think I, I I love the trade for San Francisco. That just makes a lot of sense. San Francisco. Traded a third round compensatory pick for this, and they already they had three compensatory picks because of um, two coach, the GM and the coach that left, the assistant GM and the coach that became assistant GMs and coach elsewhere. So basically, they got Chase Young for free. They're just one of three compo- uh, the compensatory picks. It's a, it's a great move for San Francisco. Fantastic, yeah. and then uh, Leonard I mean, Williams. They do, they do it the right way. Leonard Williams to Seattle. I think this is uh, 
something to note for the Giants' run defense. I think uh, don't look at their run defense the same because he was a big run stuffer. Uh, and Rasul Douglas to Buffalo. Um, he's a cornerback, so that happened. That's what happened. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, so Michael, let's. Uh, so that's what that's a, the trade deadline recap. Uh, let's get into the the rest of this news um, to wrap it up. So the first piece of news I need to talk about is Tyler Haneke. Um, he takes over officially as the quarterback. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Michael, what are your thoughts on the Falcons' offense with Tyler Haneke? I mean, you can't really get worse than Desmond Ritter. He's a trash of trash in every single. Damn. Like in every single way. I mean, what do, what are we gonna say about the guy? He's he's one of the Whoa, worst, chill, the league's worst quarterbacks. So yeah, Tyler Heineke definitely is a. At least we know he can be mediocre, as he's shown in the past. Um, Desmond Ritter has never proven to be mediocre, so I do think it's a it's a nice boost for the uh, Atlanta offense. Even if it's a minimal boost, it's a boost nonetheless. So yeah, I mean, I'm still a little scared because. Arthur Smith is still the head coach and Arthur Smith is still in charge of the offense. So how much is Tyler Haneke going to have freedom? I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Like Michael, I have a start state question for you. You're Kyle Pitts, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. I'm not starting. Actually, uh, Drake London might be out in that case. Kyle Pitts. Oh, Drake London. Oh my God. It's going to make me hard. I make it hard. <laughs> wow. Holy moly. <laughs> It's gonna make me. No, it's gonna make it hard though, because if oh my god, my decision is gonna be so hard here. Because now I, I really want to start Taysom. I love Taysom in this matchup. Last week I lost because I started Kyle Pitts over Taysom Hill in the home league. Oh, I hope Drake London, London please, please play. Yet, make it easy for me. He's yet to practice, so I guess that's part of the that's part of the news. Drake London is yet to practice this week. Aye, aye, aye. So, All right, let's get to these injury designations. I do want to, real quick, though, I do want to say, if uh, Drake London doesn't play, Van Jefferson has already usurped uh, Matt Collins as the wide receiver, too. So yeah. he's an interesting, like, dart throw, deep he had a big guy. He had a big drop last week, a huge drop, like a fourth down. They would have continued the game, and he dropped it straight up. So I wonder what, what effect that has on his uh, – on his position, but I do agree that Van Jefferson is probably a good pickup there. All right. DK Metcalf also did not practice on Thursday. Um, full participant on Wednesday. So probably just day off or something. I don't know. Uh, let's, see it? What it's, let's see what it says here on Roto World. Never the trend we wanted to see for a skill position player. Even so, he'll have one more chance to return on Friday. Monitor this. He's already missed a game or two with this injury. He's missed one game only. Has he? Yeah. Maybe he just disappeared for another game. You know, D DK Metcalf hasn't finished over wide receiver 20 this year. Hmm, interesting. We called that in. The, by the way, I went back and watched our Sleepers and Bus show because I was doing nothing. I was bored. Bro, Sleepers and Bus, we kind of nailed that outside yeah. of Kyle Pitts. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Not counting Kyle Pitts, we nailed that shit. All right. Um, yeah, DK Jared, Metcalf has been just super mid the entire Super season. mid, just so mid. And you were paying so much, and people were happy with him as their wide receiver one. It was it's, it's, Those teams are probably ugly right now. Um, Jarek McKinnon, limited in Thursday's practice. It's interesting because it seems like the running game for Kansas City very much is, you know, game plan dependent. So it's it's like Isaiah Pacheco, I ranked him as an RB1 this week because the matchup is so good, but I'm so, like, nervous about it. Because you just don't know what the game script is going to look like. 
what what is your what are your thoughts on this like on on that? Where I just yeah, like, I mean the the Chiefs should have traded for a wide receiver. Um they've just been super super like their their offense has not been the same um as it's been in years past because like when you're trying to throw to Sky Moore and Rashi Rice and MVS, like it's just no real threat. And it's only Travis Kelsey. And I think it's uh, starting to starting to show this year a little bit more than it's shown in years past. But Isaiah Pacheco has been a beneficiary of this prior to last week's game where he struggled. The whole offense struggled against Denver. He was a top 15 running back um, five weeks in a row. So, yeah, I do think he's a high end RB2, low end RB1 this week because he's getting a massive volume at this point because because the offense needs it. Yeah, man. It's a, when did you think you were going to see the Kansas City Chiefs defense and running game team? Um, Jerome Ford was limited in Thursday's practice. I kind of like Jerome Ford this week. I think if they had him go last week, then he's definitely going to go this week. And it's such a good matchup against the Cardinals. I think Jerome Ford is a sneaky good play this week. Very, very sneaky, sir. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Um Let's go to the next one. Amari DiMercato did not practice on Thursday. Um, 21 touches. What? They gave him he, 21 touches. Yeah. He, he's the guy, man. They're going with but, him. But um, look, if he doesn't go, Damian Williams, low key, was also put on IR. So it's going to be. They also activated Tony Jones. So it's looking a little bit iffy for DiMercato. If he that's can't. Not, that's not a good sign. Yeah. If he can't go. Um, Keontae Ingram would probably be in line for quite a bit of a workload. So it's ugly, but pick him up if you uh if you need to. This guy Michael picked up uh picked up Keontae Ingram this morning. Yeah, I'm surprised at the guy you dropped. You can't you can't uh pick him up now, but I who did you drop again? I can't remember. Drop Jeff Jeff Wilson. I was, I was surprised you dropped Jeff Wilson. I might have to go scoop me up some Jeff uh, Wilson. I mean he's he's been useless. He has a bye next week and then Devon a chain's coming back. So yeah, but he might he might do something this week. But I can't. I don't have any. I have Devin there. Singletary too. If Pierce yeah. is out, that's another that's another injury. Yeah, that's true. Michael, look at that reloading, retooling, reloading. <laughs> um, Amari Cooper was limited in Thursday's practice. That sucks because I think he has uh, the ability to to go a little crazy uh, this week. He's at home. Uh, he's in a phenomenal matchup. I think that. I mean, if a limited Thursday practice typically means practice, that typically means like good to go. Yeah, I hope he's just not hobbled in any way because the, his opportunity is there. Uh, David Njoku also practiced on Thursday, uh, ankle injury. He's been looking good the last few weeks. Ever since he got into that accident, kind of playing with a renewed vigor. And uh, Deshaun Watson's been practicing or, or throwing, but still no uh, no word on if he's actually going to play or not. I like P.J. Walker, man. He, You know what it is? P.J. Walker's lows are super low, but his highs are high, man. This is a guy who's passed for like 275 yards. He has uh he has grit. Yeah, he does. And he's, he's like a good really old fights. fashioned. Yeah, old school. He's just inconsistent. He reminds me of Case Keenum. Case Keenum was like that. Case Keenum would put up numbers and then throw for 87 yards and three interceptions the next game. Yeah. So it's like inconsistent. Um so Matt this is an interesting one. So Matthew Stafford was absent for the portion of Rams practice open to the media. They said he's not going on IR. He might play this week. Woo-wee! Because this is a uh reverberating reverberating situation because on the one hand you have uh you know puka and cooper cup obviously this would be a devastating blow to to them and then on the other and then you have uh, royce freeman who royce freeman 
kind of trending in the direction of taking over the main job from Daryl Henderson. And but Daryl Henderson also was involved in the passing game, was involved in the running game. Do they lean on them more if you have to go to the backup running back, Brett Rippin? Backup quarterback. Backup quarterback, excuse me. I mean, we know that think? Brett Rippin isn't very good at football. Yeah. Um, we've seen him already. So not ideal situation. It was I mean, it's so weird that it's like, will Matt Stafford go on IR? And then it's but will he play this week? Like, how is it? Out four weeks or playing without sitting. It seems very, very strange. But, um, yeah, obviously you want Matt Stafford to play if you have Puka or uh, or Cooper Cup, um, especially with them coming off down games, Cup two down games in a row. Um, they're trying to get their offense going. So it's it certainly would not be ideal if they go with Brent Ripien as their, uh, as their quarterback because the Rams, I mean, they started the season like, Oh, it looks like the Rams might be uh might be back again this year. The Sean McVay offense is moving and it's just been uh it's been rough these last several weeks. They've been uh they've been getting blown out and just not up to par the way they were in the beginning of the year. Um losing against Pittsburgh is lame. Like Steelers are a fake. Like if you're losing to Kenny Pickett, it's just not ideal. Um I mean a lot of people have lost to Kenny Pickett this year. Yeah, I don't know. Mike Tomlin's was one of the goats, man. Now talk about a guy who puts together wins with scrub quarterbacks. This is a guy. Yeah, true that. Um, I mean, he won with Mitchell Trubisky even a little bit. Tim, uh, the biggest scrub of them all. And I don't know why everyone just remembers that. I've said so many good things, but everyone just remembers the year I liked Mitchell Trubisky. Because that's that's uh, that's the most fun thing to talk about. I know. Uh, do you know what's not fun to talk about? Daniel Jones. No, Daniel Jones got cleared on Monday at like 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wonder think, why. I think everyone knew he was ready to go last Sunday's game, but they went with Tyrod Taylor anyways. I was just, I think like they were definitely the Giants brass and head office and everything was definitely like shit. We should have. Like, they definitely didn't activate Daniel Jones just to be respectful. Like, we can't activate Daniel Jones and then have him sit behind Tyrod Taylor for a game. So they left him inactive, and then Tyrod Taylor got hurt, and it cost them a game. Not for nothing, though. At Las Vegas, they're in turmoil. Daniel Jones does is a fantasy producer. I got him at QB 15 in a, in a week with uh, four buys. And I got him at QB 17. There's no way I'm trusting... Daniel Jones, man. I mean, he has the one massive game where he had the massive second half against the Cardinals, and otherwise, he's he's been outside the top twenty-four quarterbacks every week. Um, Saquon was limited, but he's going to play. Taysom Hill was limited, but he's going to play. Josh Downs was limited, he's going to play. Uh, Josh Palmer did not practice on Thursday, which is interesting for the reason of for two reasons. Uh, number one, Gerald Everett did practice on Thursday, and Gerald yeah. Everett is in a fantastic matchup, according to True uh, uh, True Tar... Um, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what do we call this thing? True matchup ranks. There you go. Um, in terms of the Good Jets, uh, I'm coming in up. I was trying to pick it, like, take... I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to talk while also pulling it up. Uh, right now, the Jets are the fourth best matchup for tight ends, and in the last three games, that has improved uh, four, four spots. So they were eighth before they're allowing 89% over hours average to the tight ends. Tight ends have been killing the jets this week. I mean, this year, 14.5 points a game to the tight end. Um, so you're in a situation here where if Josh Palmer doesn't play, uh, I think 
Quentin Johnson has proven that he cannot get open. Um, well, maybe maybe he does. Maybe he does. I'm not I'm not counting it out. But more likely, I think Gerald Everett's going to be the number two option behind Keenan Allen. Uh, it's also just like that happens. It's also just logical too because the Jets' cornerback duo was so strong with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed and even Michael Carter, uh, the third in the slot. Like it's, I think by far the best trio of cornerbacks in the league, um, starting and out there almost every play. That someone needs to catch the ball, um, especially in the red zone, and that's where the tight ends been most effective against the Jets, um, catching. I think five touchdowns this year tight ends have had against the Jets. And like I mentioned in previous episodes, Gerald Everett's target share and snap percentage has gone up since um, Mike Williams has gotten hurt. And then he missed last week's game. Donald Parham had a nice game. So I definitely think Gerald Everett, as long as he's good to go, um, is a certainly a streamable tight end option this week. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Michael mentioned Drake London. Uh, was not spotted at Thursday's practice. We already talked about the repercussions of that one. Um, maybe Kyle Pitts does have a good game. Oh my God, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and start Kyle Pitts again. Damn it, Michael! Damn it! You think I'm out, and then they reel you back in. Terrible. Odell Beckham returned to practice on Thursday. He was frustrated on the sidelines <laughs> last week, probably because he sucks. Um, Gus Edward was returned to practice on Thursday. He recently commented that he's ready for a, a bigger workload. Um, he was in a great matchup. If you remember last week, I I basically guaranteed a Gus Edwards touchdown. I said I would if I was a betting man, I'd bet a lot of money on the touchdown prop for uh, Gus Edwards, and he ended up scoring three touchdowns. So yep, he did say that. So uh, that so you, what do you think, Michael? Was that just a good matchup, or are you buying a little bit of Gus Bus hype? I mean, I always feel a bit uneasy about Gus Edwards because of who he is. Um, uh, non-pass catching early down running back who needs to score touchdowns but this season in good matchups he's done that he's scoring he's scored touchdowns and he's uh put up yardage so i don't have any issue starting him this week in a good matchup against seattle i mean the last two weeks he's put up 48 fantasy points combined in half ppr leagues like if he's going to be finding the end zone if he's going to be getting 14 15 plus carries he's gonna he has a good shot to uh to be an effective running back week in and week out, especially in good matchups. You mentioned Damian Pierce might be out. Would you mess around and start Devin Singletary against the Buccaneers defense? Um, That has been very good against the run this season. If Damian Pierce is out. Yeah. The Buccaneers secondary, I mean, excuse me, um, run defense has been very good this season. Um, No denying that, but Devin Singletary, those last two weeks, he had 10 rush attempts, excuse me, 12 rush attempts in week six with uh, two targets, so 14 opportunities with a healthy um, Damian Pierce, and then a bye week, and then a week eight, split with Damian Pierce again. 10 carries, two targets, despite Damian Pierce being healthy and active. So if Damian Pierce is out, you got to expect Devin Singletary to see 15-plus carries, three-plus targets, and that's certainly, I think, a viable RB2 option, flex option. If I, I wish it was a better... Um, I wish it was a better matchup, but I definitely think Devin Singletary is going to be in that bucket of low-end RB2 type of guys, maybe a little touchdown dependent. But nonetheless, I do think he's going to get a very solid amount of volume if David Pierce is unable to go. It's going to be interesting. That's that's one that people are going to be looking at like, ah, who who do I bet? So let's 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 uh let's go to the rankings. I want to play a little either or on that one, Michael. See what you're thinking. Hint, uh, are you playing Devin Singletary or Chuba Hubbard? 
And this is assuming versus Indianapolis. Um, assuming Damian Pierce. This is, is assuming. I actually got this question from a patron, and I think he put it in the mailbag. So let's save it for later. Oh, nice. That was a. That was a. What about Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones. Kareem Hunt. Um, Singletary. Mm. Royce Freeman. Singletary. Zach Moss. Zach Moss has just been defying gravity. I don't <laughs> yeah, understand. <right>? Like, <laughs> what's been going on with Zach Moss? Like, I'm just waiting for him to not be awesome. And Bro, he has the second most yet. rush yards in the NFL. Dude, yeah, he's like a top 10 <laughs> running back on the season. His worst, he has one game this year outside the top 20 running backs. It's like, how? <laughs> but Jonathan Taylor's back too. So I begrudgingly say Zach Moss. You have to. You have to write yeah. it out until it's over. Yeah. Once it's over, then stop writing it out. Um, Brian Robinson. I think give Singletary the slight nod there. Amari DiMarcato, that last one. Singletary, slight nod again. Man, if you're watching on 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 uh, YouTube, my bad, because I got something in my eye. I can't stop rubbing it. Um, Darren Waller. This is going to be the – he's out, by the way. And yeah. Daniel Bellinger is starting. So this is going to be the classic can you trust – not not really can you trust, but like uh, a, a, a rock meeting a hard place. You know what I mean? Like an an immovable object meeting a unstoppable force. Uh, you got Daniel Bellinger, the backup quarterback – I mean a, the backup tight end on a terrible Giants uh, offense. Uh, but you also have a matchup with Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is – um, th- the third best matchup in true matchup rank for tight ends, um, 90% over average. Do you take the ultimate chance and start Dar- Daniel Bellinger this week? Yeah, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I can't. I mean, we've seen Darren Waller have down games this year. Um, Daniel Jones is returning after a three game absence and Daniel Bellinger has been used more as a blocker this year. Um, much more often. And we saw Bellinger have a couple of good games as a rookie, but yeah, I can't do it. All right. I think that's it, Mike. But I, I think done. he could be a solid DFS start, though. All right. Um, so that's it. We're done with the news. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. So pretty cool. Uh, we're going to get into our our um, rankings review now so we can have a little bit of a hit on everyone. This is interesting because this is usually where we switch over to the pot. Uh, the the patron pot. We usually got to take a little break, take it, but we're going straight through here. We're powering through, pom pom pom, like Najee Harris tonight, who's playing yeah. well, even though I have him on my bench. Of course, I put yeah, him on my he bench. Actually, scored a touchdown, and now, and now he's playing well. Of course, well Najee Harris. I will say this: although he has not been impressive, he he has been running against a pretty good run defense pretty well tonight. And on top of that. Oh, by the way, uh, we're watching. We're recording during the game right now. It's thirteen to ten, with nine forty-five left in the third quarter. Um, the Titans have the lead, and you know he's been running. Ni- he's been running well tonight. And Najee Harris last year had off, got off to a very, very slow start, and then really turned it up in the second half of the year. He is one of those classical bruiser brian, uh, grinders that you know, as the defense gets tired, they that's when they um, start to shine. So. Maybe this is happening. This second half uh, resurgence again for Najee Harris. My team would, my main league team would definitely be happy about that. Um, but yeah, where were we? Oh yeah, Classic rankings review. Tim, I'm just saying, holding on it to hope happen. on all of his fantasy players. It can happen. All right, let's start our quarterback. It can happen. 
Who's a guy that you have uh, either above or below, well above or well below consensus? Uh, well, first, Josh Allen's my number one quarterback, one spot ahead of consensus. If you're not ranking Josh Allen as QB1 these days, I don't really know what you're doing, um, especially now that he seems to be running a bit more. Derek Carr, I have one spot ahead of consensus against Chicago because Chicago's a dumpster fire, and New Orleans has been passing um, a lot, and Derek Carr has been very efficient. Last week, he only completed 19 passes. He still threw for 310 yards has been a top 15 quarterback each of the last four weeks. Similar, I have Baker Mayfield up to at QB 12, five spots ahead of consensus. I hate some of these streaming quarterbacks this week, which has, has pushed me up on Baker Mayfield a lot because I think people are just looking at the name Baker Mayfield. Meanwhile, three of the last four weeks, he's been a top 12 quarterback. Um, he's been connecting with Mike Evans, connecting with Chris Godwin a bit more recently as well. Um, I do. He's even ran a bit this year more than he uh has in uh recent years so i do think baker mayfield has a nice matchup here against houston as well um by the way just i just want to mention because we haven't mentioned this yet for some reason four teams on buys with the the strange buy skip last week uh denver detroit jacksonville san francisco so you're talking about russell wilson jared goff trevor lawrence and Brock Purdy, those are four guys that have been in the top 15 uh, most of the time in the top 12 all year. So, you know, the quarterback position is going to look a little thinner when those guys are out. True that. Um, downwards movers, I have Sam Howell uh, below consensus. I know he has huge upside, and he's shown it this year. He also has um, downside, and the Patriots defense has been um, improving. I have, where is it, Gardner Minshew below uh, consensus as well. I think people are hanging on to that big Cleveland week a little bit too much. That's his only good fantasy week of the year. And Carolina defense has just been getting better and better throughout the season. Um, Daniel Jones, I have below consensus because there's no shot. I trust him. And the rest of the guys are not really in consideration for one QB leagues. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really... I'm with you on a lot of the front guys. I also have Josh Allen ranked first. Mahomes, Hurts, Jackson, Burrow, Tua, especially in, in weeks like this. I think Dak Prescott has a chance to put up some big numbers. I have him up at seven uh, Dak at season. Philly. Dak, yeah, Dak back is in, uh, back in action. Dak has been playing really well, and it's been coinciding with him targeting CeeDee Lamb more. So hopefully that connection connects a lot more. And against Philly, Philly's actually the number one matchup in uh it for they've allowed the the most fantasy points. And let me get the matchup in uh true matchup rankings they are second in true matchup rankings so they've allowed the most points 36.2 to the position that's 46 percent over average and that's been getting worse over the last few weeks um their secondary has definitely been exploitable i know they just added kevin Byer. that's probably going to make that a little better but um you know regardless uh i do think that uh Dak Prescott is going to have a little bit of a field and I think uh CeeDee Lamb as well I think this is going to be one of those inner division shootouts although the defenses on both these teams is good uh Justin Herbert I have one spot down because it's the Jets I think I'm a little higher on Derek Carr um he's been he's been throwing well and he's played facing Chicago super susceptible uh, my big like jumpers are lower uh in like two QB leagues I think that PJ Walker has a chance to put up some numbers against Arizona. Arizona is uh, the number one matchup for QBs. Zach Wilson 
is someone I think has the ability to put up numbers against the Chargers. I have and, him up a little bit too. Uh, true matchup rank, number one matchup against the Chargers. That's right. So you know, on a Monday night, like not for nothing, Zach Wilson has been known to do better in games where there's more eyes on him. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but that just has seemed to happen. I'm a little lower on Will Levis. Um, he's playing right now. Uh, I just not a fan of of rookie quarterback in a situation like this against a very good head coach and a very good defense. He's um, been uh he's been holding up pretty nice. He's been holding up, but in terms of fantasy, it looks like you know, shouldn't have started him. <laughs> um all right. That yeah, so uh that's it. Do we go over the no oh, quarterbacks? Give us a top twelve. Yeah, I have Josh Allen number one, as mentioned, Mahomes and Hurts, which is no surprise. I expect Mahomes to bounce back after last week. The, it was a trap game for them. He was on the he had the flu. Um it was just a, a mess against Denver. I do think he bounces back. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson is next. Joe Burrow has been back to being Joe Burrow, especially after the bye week. I mean, 43 rushing yards and six rush attempts is glorious. It's very similar to to Josh Allen getting his legs going this past week again, um, which you really like to see because it gives him that extra edge, especially when they're already very good passing quarterbacks. Tua has been a uh, rock solid. Tua gets a nice matchup against KC in terms of shootout appeal. KC's defense has been very good so far this season overall, but um, I still think with the way quarterbacks are, these matchups this week are just disgusting matchups, a lot of them. So two at six, Dak at seven, Herbert at eight. I really wanted to put Herbert. Like I went into this week like, ooh, I'm going to move Herbert down, that Jets defense, baby. And then I saw the other quarterbacks below him. And I'm like, I'm not starting Justin Herbert over CJ Stroud or Derek Carr. I mean, I'm not starting these guys over Justin Herbert. Stroud, Carr, Howell, Baker, like... I can't yeah. do that. Um, CJ Stroud at nine. Derek Carr is 10, as I mentioned, up a little bit. Sam Howell at 11. And then Baker Mayfield at 12 is probably my favorite um, streaming option this week against Houston if Derek Carr is unavailable. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I like it. My Mine and your list are very similar. Josh Allen at one. Patrick Mahomes. This is what happens when there's not that many options. The lists are a little similar. Uh, it's, it gets it, Quarterback is where it hurts the most, though. It gets a, lo- a lot better. In the, in Jalen the hurts the most. Ha ha ha, Michael. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, uh, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Tua, Dak. I already took you through that. Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, CJ Stroud. I'm not down on Sam Howell. I think they're going to have to throw a lot. And Jordan Louvre. Jordan Love. Although, like, I hate having Jordan Love there. But who am I going to start over Jordan Love? Gardner Minshew. Geno Baker Smith Mayfield. against Baltimore. Baker? Yep. I have Baker Mayfield and Jordan Love. Mm, I don't know. Jordan Maybe Love is Walker. Good at football. Against Arizona. Oh, wow. Kenny Pickett just dropped an absolute dime piece to George Pickens in the end zone. Absolute dime piece. All right. Um, let's go over to the running back position. Some would say the most important position in fantasy. Michael. All right, uh, three spots out of consensus. I have Raheem Mostert at running back six. Look, KC has been more susceptible on the ground than they have been through the air, and Raheem Mostert has been awesome this season. He has a couple mediocre games. I mean, he was the RB18 last week, and people are still like, uh, I feel like sleeping on him a bit again. He's a very strong RB1 option, in my opinion. Um, I have Ken Walker at number eight, six spots ahead of consensus. Look, Ken Walker has been great this season finding the end zone a lot getting a ton of touches and then this past week he had a calf injury that held him out of practice wednesday and thursday and then he played 
um, and only got eight carries. I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think Zach Charbonnet out of nowhere is the starting running back in this offense. Like I, I fully expect that the calf injury held him down a little bit and um, he should be more like the typical Ken Walker um, this week against Baltimore. Derrick Henry had two spots out of consensus. He found the end zone, which is nice. Um, Daryl Henderson, I have two spots out of consensus, but as Tim said, I'm souring a little bit on that now with uh, Royce Freeman getting a, a few more touches um, last week. Deontay Foreman, I have three spots ahead of consensus. Um, in terms of negative movers, my biggest movers, Joe Mixon, I have four spots down against Buffalo. I think the, the Bengals are going to be... Um, look, I Joe Mixon came out of the bye. He had a big week, but I do think it's going to be more of a, a passing game for Joe Burrow and company. Um, and Joe Mixon tends to... Uh, you know, shit the bed fairly often. So I've never been a big Joe Mixon guy. Jonathan Taylor, for some reason, he's all the way up at RB6. RB6 for Jonathan Taylor. I have him down at RB14. Um, I don't understand how you could rank Jonathan Taylor in the top 10 RBs at the moment. I like he got one carry in the second half last week, and apparently it wasn't because of an injury. Like, so I, I don't know what you want me to do with Zach Moss being the best running back in the league. Like, what's the point of putting Jonathan Taylor under the nose 40 times a game? So <clears throat> I am questionable, questionably looking at Jonathan Taylor um, this week. Tim's giving me like people's eyebrow looks um, over there. If you're watching on if you're not watching on YouTube, Chuba Hubbard, I have three spots below consensus just because I think he's just a guy like it's Chuba Hubbard. Um, very touchdown dependent. Hasn't had more than two receptions uh, one time this year. He only had more than uh two receptions, even in a good matchup against Indy. He's just not someone I'm overly excited about. Um, yeah, those are my biggest movers. Um, I'm three spots ahead of consensus on Joe Mixon, actually, Michael. I, I got him up at six. I think it's the, it's the opposite. I yeah. think that this Cincinnati, I think the Cincinnati offense is moving right now. I think it's time for them to, to take that next step. Joe Burrow's running around. He had like 40 yards rushing last, last week. Fantastic. He's back. Uh, this offense is back, and he's playing in a game against Buffalo, which is going to be a shootout. You know how these two teams do with each other. So I think Joe Mixon can have a lot of opportunity. And I would – I don't know if I'd put money on it, but I would say Joe Mixon touchdown is a pretty decent decent like thing to expect. Okay. okay. Um, I'm also higher on Derrick Henry, who's putting put in a good first half, so hopefully that continues at Pittsburgh. I'm five spots higher than him. Pittsburgh definitely susceptible to the run. Um. Jonathan Taylor, I'm six blocks down on consensus for the reasons that you said, Michael. Um, Royce Freeman, I have him eight spots over consensus at uh, RB24. <laughs> I think you can start Royce Freeman this week against Green Bay, who is an absolute um, – who's a really good matchup. Uh, I, I know that they're a good matchup. I don't have the actual matchup in front of me, so let me go to the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, Green Bay Packers, and tell you that, bam, they are the sixth – matchup sixth ranked matchup for um running backs that is 42 percent points over average and they split up their um their goodness very evenly they are uh 55 over average against the rush 38 percent over average against the pass so um the packers give up running yards and this is going to be a team that's going to be run dependent especially if matt stafford is not on the field they're going to hand the ball to this guy uh, and to both these guys, but I think that there's a situation here where look, everyone's thinking that Daryl Henderson is the guy. This has happened to Daryl Henderson before. It's not as if Daryl Henderson 
has been the guy and then he left and it was a amicable no it's like they kept benching him for acres and then acres kept getting benched and it was like even like i, I can't remember the other running back that was in the situation but daryl henderson was was the cam makers of the situation and then that switched and it was just it's, it's been like this so i think there's a chance that royce freeman's a sneaky great play um and yeah that's it for my big movers and shakers uh my big droppers uh josh jacobs um, I think that I'm going to move Josh Jacobs up a little bit right now. I have him at RB10. I think I might move him up a little bit because the Giants just lost Leonard Williams, so I think the Giants' rush defense is not as uh, potent as it once was. Um, and I have Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is washed, man. I'm not trying to start Aaron Jones. Yeah, I mean, if you have Aaron Jones, it's – I don't even know what to say. He was an avoid coming on the bro- out on the Brodo cheat sheet. Yeah, but coming out Third round week, one, week one having that huge game – and then the injuries and the low snap shares. It's just, it's been a mess. And just a bad offense, man. Just a really, really bad offense. All right, um, let's go over to these wide receivers. I got some hot takes on these wide receivers today. I will say this. My tight ends, they're kind of chalky. I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed how chalky yeah, they are. There's the, just not the, a lot uh, of exploitable matchups. Yeah, true matchup rank. Some of the biggest matchup exploitable matchups are guys like daniel bellinger and then there's guys like on by and stuff and and tj Hawkinson has a phenomenal matchup and yeah so does travis kelsey like it's yeah. just the, the the big guys are taking up all the sleeper um potential but anyway um let's start with wide receivers who do you got it as some movers and shakers at wide receiver i got mike evans three spots out of consensus he's just been he's been awesome with baker mayfield i mean he's 13th in points per game and the guy just continues to get targeted and find the end zone even in a bad game last week against buffalo you thought he was going to shit the bed he catches a touchdown right at the end of the game and ends as a top 30 receiver so i mean mike evans has been exceeding expectations this season as he does every single year year in and year out probably one of the most underrated receivers of all time like this guy puts up a thousand yards a year he's the only wide receiver ever to put up a thousand yards a year this many consecutive seasons um since his rookie season and people, I count him out every single year. Sorry, this turned into a Mike Evans rant. But uh, Devontae Smith, I have three spots ahead of consensus. Um, just because I think this, I know Dallas has been tough on wide receivers this year. Um, but Devontae Smith showed out last week um, after several bad matchups in a row. And I think this is going to be a shootout type of game uh, between division rivals. Puka Nakua. Um, I have a head of consensus at the moment. I think he's being a little bit too disrespected, but that obviously banks a lot on Matt Stafford. So TBD on Puka Nakua at the moment. I do think he has um, some appeal. Um, Zay Flowers, I have a couple spots ahead of consensus. He had his first down game um, in, a, in a few weeks this past week against Arizona, just 19 yards, five receptions, but the targets were still there. So I do like Zay Flowers to bounce back against Seattle. Chris Godwin, I have four spots ahead of consensus. He's been uh, very good since week three. I think people have not realized that because it was just like in the beginning of the year, it was like, oh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans is the guy. But he's been awesome too recently. His last four games, he's been the wide receiver nine and half PPR, the wide receiver 28, the wide receiver 24, and the wide receiver 14. That is certainly very playable. Um, And uh, again, a, a decent matchup against Houston. Jordan Addison, I have five spots ahead of consensus just because someone's going to have to catch the ball. And I like I'm not starting guys like uh, DJ Moore with Tyler with Tyson Bajan ahead of Jordan Addison. I'm not starting Tank Dell ahead of Jordan Addison. So I do think the uh, the opportunity might trump the um, 
the QB ability this week for Jordan Addison, who has been tremendous since Justin Jefferson went down. Um, let's see here. In terms of backwards movers, I have T. Higgins down really? from consensus, eight spots below consensus. He's been terrible. He has just been bad. Like he's had a terrible season. He had one good game, eight for 89 and two touchdowns in week two. Otherwise, he has been terrible. He had zero catches week one, two catches week three, two catches week four, injured week five, two catches week six, bye week, week seven, and then five for 69 last week in a semi resurgent week. When you get five for 69 and say, phew, like it's just that's how you know it's at a low point. Jamar Chase complained early in the year. He said, I'm open. I'm always open after two bad games. And since then, he's been an absolute monster, an absolute target hog. And I don't think it's going to change because the offense has been rolling with that. So, yeah, but this offense is rolling. I mean, I'm only, I'm three spots lower than consensus. I, I'm just surprised you're eight spots lower than consensus. I'm still lower on than consensus. But, I mean, the consensus is stupid. The cons- consensus is wide receiver 22. He's done nothing to be wide receiver 22. Yeah. Um. Let me see here. DJ Moore, six spots below consensus. Last week, DJ Moore was ranked as a wide receiver 15, and I had a rant on it to Tim. I was like, yo, what are they doing with Bajant at quarterback? What do they think is going to happen with DJ Moore? He ended up going four for 55 against the Chargers. Same situation this week. Mark Sean Lattimore across from him as well. I have, I think he's uh, in for another down week. And let's see here. I mean, that's about it in terms of the in terms of the biggest movers. Biggest movers and shakers. Let's go into my. I got Tyree Kill number one, man. Yo, Tyree Kill. Uh, actually, not, hold on. We're not doing that yet. All right, my biggest movers and shakers. Um, I got Terry McLaurin five spots, spot five spots above consensus. I think just for the because reasons the I trade. said, I think this is going to be uh, a situation where they're going to throw the, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, and I think that he's going to get. Uh, the majority of the targets, as he has been. Michael Pittman. Man, Michael Pittman had that one game where he was like, I don't know why they didn't throw it to me. But besides that, he's been absolutely 100% like the target hog. Dude. Last week, 31% of the targets. Go ahead. No, I agree. I feel like Michael Pittman's being overlooked, too. Yeah, man. Last week, 31% of the targets. This season, 27% of the targets. That's with Josh Downs getting 20% of the targets. And this is a gunslinger in Gardner Minshew that's back there. This is not Anthony Richardson, the you know, the inaccurate Anthony Richardson. Um, so that does boost him up a little bit. He's one of the favorites. And I mean, right now I have him at wide receiver eleven. That's six spots above above consensus. Uh Amari Cooper, I have above consensus. Consensus. He's at home. You know he's good at home at Arizona, one of the better matchups, maybe the best matchup. And, you know, I, I think that it's an upgrade right now. I'd rather have P.J. Walker throwing over Deshaun Watson with a bum shoulder who can't, who looks like a, a seventh grader. Um, I'm seven spots up on Deontay Johnson, who is doing Deontay Johnson things. Uh, wide receiver 20 uh, at this point in the game, three, uh, third quarter, uh, four catches, 60 yards, uh, Hopefully he catches a, a bunch more uh, as this game is very close. Um, this is my I'm going to hang my hat on pick this week. I got Rashi Rice uh, at wide receiver 22. That's 10 spots above consensus because what the heck you doing, kid? Miami is they're going to have to throw. And Rashi Rice is becoming the guy in um, in Kansas City. And 
you know, the people, you know, the cognoscente to say, uh, you know, the people who are telling you about fantasy will tell you, oh, well, you know, Rashi Rice only got 60% of the snaps last week. Well, yeah, he got 60% of the snaps last week. Doesn't sound good. But what if I told you that was the highest on the team? Among wide receivers. Yes, yes. Why? That he was it was the highest on the team. Um, so he had the most targets on the team, played 61% of snaps. That is an upgrade. Um, last the week before that, 59% of snaps. So getting on the field, six targets. Uh, the week before that, under 50% of the snaps. He was never over 50% of the snaps. Two weeks, I mean, four weeks ago, he's at 30% of the snaps. So this is a guy who's getting on the field more and more and more, and it's going to be a shootout. And Patrick Mahomes is going to have to throw to somebody. And I think he's going to throw to this guy because he's been the favorite target. And when you're talking about a Kansas City Chiefs blowout with Pat Mahomes, yeah, sign me up for that. I'm I'm down. Give me all that. Um, let's continue. Uh, Jordan Addison, I'm also 23 spots. I mean, uh, a few spots ahead. He's my wide receiver 23 against Atlanta. Someone's going to have to catch the ball. So I think it's going to be Jordan Addison, who's actually wide receiver 26. Excuse me. And one more. This one's a little bit of a, a long shot, but I'm going with it. Rashid Shahid. This guy has been catching the long passes. He's the long. He's a deep threat. Chris Olave has not been the deep threat. So knowing that, maybe it's Rashid Shahid season versus Chicago. Maybe a couple of deep bombs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm six spots above consensus on him. All right, Michael. I want to add a, a deep sleeper real quick for the the deepest of leagues. If Curtis Samuel is out, Jameson Crowder takes over that slot role, and that oh slot role God. has been plentiful this year. Jameson Crowder, last week, Tim, saw seven targets, caught seven balls for 95 yards and a touchdown. That is classic, classic Jameson, Jameson Crowder. Crowder. Classic oh. Jameson Crowder. Uh, Michael, yeah. who was your... Uh, that, that is... Uh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, your top 24. Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase and A.J. Brown top three. I don't think that's even debatable at the moment. I do. I got Jamar I got Jamar Chase at four. I got A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb going at each other two and three. You piss me off sometimes. Yo, what do you mean? Why, why piss you off? C.D. Lamb has been getting the ball. They've been winning. And in terms of true matchup rank, I believe it's the number one matchup in true matchup rank. Hold I on. believe Philadelphia Eagles. I think you might be the right. number two matchup. We already we've already yeah. gone through this. Then yeah. and, and that has only gotten better in the last three weeks. They're up to second. Booyah. Give me give me that. Give I me got that, Diggs. Man. And then I got CD Lime at five. So shut up. Yeah, <laughs> Keenan Allen at six, though I am very scared about Keenan Allen this week against Sauce and Reed. But if they're playing uh just play some zone defense as well. If they're playing zone, that's where Keenan Allen should be able to do Keenan Allen things. Um, Adam Thielen at seven, which is not a remark I thought I would be saying prior to the year. But even in a down game last week, he went eight for 72 on 11 targets. Like the guy's just been a must start every single week. Mike Evans has mentioned above consensus, Devontae Adams. If it doesn't go right for Devontae Adams this week, I'm, I'm, I'm in a riot. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I have him up to six. I think that the squeaky, they're just going to give him like 15 targets. Yeah. I mean, we saw um, Garrett Wilson have his way against Deontay Banks last week. So I know Banks has had a tremendous start to the season, but if he gets a, he's getting another stud wide receiver here. So let's see how that goes. Cooper cup at 10, Jalen Waddle at 11 and Garrett Wilson at 12 against the chargers. Garrett Wilson has really been pretty darn awesome this year for, uh, 
for the QB hand that he's been dealt. He hasn't been the the guy you drafted at the turn or in the second round, but he's certainly been a reliable wide receiver too. Devontae Smith at 13, Chris Olave at 14. I think Chris Olave has a chance to have his first explosion game this week against Chicago. Everyone's been waiting for it. Um, so let's see. Let's see if that could happen. Puka at 15, but again, barring a Matt Stafford um, news report. Michael Pittman at 16, DK Metcalf at 17, Zay Flowers at 18. I had DeAndre Hopkins at 19. He's playing tonight. Terry McLaurin at 20, Chris Godwin at 21, Jacoby Myers at 22, though that has to be moved. Um, Jacoby Myers is not going to be my wide receiver at 22 now that Jimmy Garoppolo lost his job. Samari Cooper and then Deontay Johnson to wrap it up. Oh, and Nico Collins I didn't mention earlier. I have 11 spots below consensus. I forgot to mention him as my biggest movers. Dude, Nico Collins had a couple of big games this year, and everyone was like, we have a wide receiver one, baby. Could, could everyone chill on Nico Collins? Like, Nico Collins, the last three games, Tim, guess how many receptions he has combined his last three games? I'm cheating. I'm looking directly at his stats right now. It's 11. Yeah. He has 11 receptions and 16 targets over a three-game span. And that's you're a guy making, who's just a top 15 wide receiver. He's being ranked as wide receiver 15. You're making In a matchup against, against Tampa Bay, where Tampa Bay's actually not been like not been shitty. They haven't been great against the pass, but they're they're also not a, a bottom feeder team for opposing wide receivers. So yeah, this guy has two monster games this year. Otherwise, he's been super mediocre. And yeah, he only has 13, uh, 11 receptions the last three games. Like it's just way too way too high for me right now. The Buccaneers are twenty third. Um and that has yeah, man. That has gotten a lot better. Frank. Yeah, minus 12%, so 12% less points uh, than average. And that has moved down 12 spots, so they've been really good as of late. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no thank you with Nico Collins that is, as a wide receiver one or high-end wide receiver two. Jeez Louise, guys, come on you, now. You made me drop him. All right, I got Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs. I got Devontae Adams at three, uh, three spots above consensus at six. I think they're just going to... Again, like you got a rookie against Devontae Adams. I know he's been good, but give me that all day. Um, Mike Evans, uh, Keenan Allen, I have three spots below consensus because he's playing the Jets. Garrett Wilson at wide receiver 10. Uh, Pittman and Olave round out the wide receiver ones. I have Jalen Waddle six spots below consensus because it's Kansas City. They've been very good against the pass, and I'm not sure that you can get Jalen Waddle into this game. I think it's going to be a Tyreek Hill game. Um, although I do have him ranked at 13. I mean, I just don't think he's going to be that wide receiver one. Um, Terry McLaurin, I mean, Cooper Cup at 14. I have him down a little bit because I'm assuming Stafford is injured. I also have uh, – I'm also down on Puka. Puka's down at 22 um, because I'm assuming uh, that injury. Devontae Smith, DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Rashi Rice, and Deontay Johnson round out the top 20 as Deontay Johnson just caught another ball. As I said his name, that was, like, very meta. Um, Amari Cooper, Rashi Rice, Deontay Johnson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins at 21 is playing right now, Puka Nakua, Nico Collins at 23, and T. Higgins at 24. All right. All right, Mike, let's get over to the tight ends. Um, I mean, can we? Could I assume that we both have Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson? Yes. And then who's your number four guy? I have Kincaid up there. I have Kincaid at number four as well. Let's see if we can match this. Who's your number five? 
Jake Ferguson. I got Dallas Goddard, but I'm going to switch it because of because of you. So now, <laughs> I've I've got her at six. Okay, I got her at six. Do you have Kyle Pitts at seven? I have Taysom Hill at seven. Taysom Hill at seven. I have, Taysom I have Hill Kyle at Pitts outside the top twelve, but now that Drake London has not um uh practiced two days in a row, I'm gonna move Kyle Pitts back into the All top right, so 12. this is where we differ. Uh so I'm gonna go first on this one because I have Taysom Hill at eight. So Pitts seven, Taysom Hill eight. Uh uh I'm, I, look, Taysom Hill is just in a, such a good matchup, and I think you have to remember that Taysom Hill is the rushing. Uh, he's like he's not. You're not looking at him against tight ends, uh, and when you look at the um, the true throw matchup, I mean the true uh, matchup rank. The I just said the true throw matchup. What on earth is going on? Uh, if you look at the true matchup rank, um, he is playing Chicago, and Chicago. I know they got run on all over by Miami, but. They haven't moved much from that spot, even though they haven't obviously haven't been slashed like they got slashed by Miami. Oh no, it was uh it was the Broncos that got slashed by Miami. Correct. Yeah. So um scratch that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but Chicago is the is the is a fantastic matchup. Sorry, my uh, computer is, is running a little slow right now, so that's why I'm kind of stalling right now. Uh, the Bears are the first-ranked matchup. There you go. Worth the wait. Uh, 114% over average. Uh, that includes 64% on the ground. They're also super susceptible to the running to the running back on the run. Uh, 14 and a half points per game to the running back in the air. That's 258% over average. Easily first. That's why I have Alvin Kamara ranked as my number one running back this week. Um, yeah, so it's Taysom Hill and then Dalton Schultz. I got Trey McBride. Uh, I like what I saw last week in Cleveland. I think that he continues to get on the on the field. And then I have two guys that are above consensus here. Luke Musgrove, Luke Musgrave, excuse me, um, at 11. Uh, he's at 11. He's at a startable position for me for one reason. It's because L.A. is the number one matchup uh, for a true – uh, matchup ranking and Gerald Everett. I have here as number 12. I talked about Ger- Gerald Everett already. And just for the fun of it, I have Daniel Bellinger 14 spots above consensus at, at tight end 18. That's how much I believe in true matchup ranking. Nice. He might sneak his way into the end zone, man. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Who you got at the tight end? Uh, we already went through the top seven. After Taysom Hill, I have Dalton Schultz, Logan Thomas, who's been, I mean, he's been great this year. If you picked up Logan Thomas, obviously he's had a couple down games mixed in there, but otherwise he's been pretty fantastic. So shout out to Logan Thomas. I have Cole Komet next. Tim Cole Komet is currently the tight end six in points per game. It's because they have that one the, game. The most up and down, like this guy's finished as tight end eight, tight end 24, tight end 28, tight end one, tight end seven, tight end 35, tight end 78, tight end nine. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And he gets the Saints this, <laughs> this week who, again, their their points per game allowed looks worse um, than their true matchup rank because they've played bad tight ends this year. That's why he's streamed Dalton Schultz against them, and that worked out. So I do think Cole Komet has some upside here, especially um, getting the rapport built with Bajant last week, going 10 for 79 on 10 targets. And then I have Trey McBride and Gerald Everett. Um, Gerald Everett, as I mentioned I do think he has a lot of upside this week. I have Darren Waller in our home league. I put him in our IR in the IR slot, and I picked up. Um, luckily, Komet was available and Everett. I picked up both. Now I have to try to figure out who to start between those two. That's not going to be fun. 
I, I hope you have fun with that, Michael. I hope you have fun with that. We're gonna have fun answering your questions. So, Michael, why don't you pull up our the uh, the mailbag and we can get started. I love I love this mailbag section because Michael gets the chance to be the host, and I just yeah. get to sit back and analyze. This is what it feels yeah. like. Michael. And right yeah, now, guys, and because I want to I want to answer it right, I will let you know that I'm gonna be referring to the start sit tool on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. I'm gonna be referring to all the tools on the fantasy football by Broto app live. So I'm going to pull yeah, those up and try and make some decisions based on those as well. All right. You ready? I got this. Let's Question do it. one comes from Trevor Dak Prescott or Gardner Minshew this week. I think it's a Dak for show. That's an easy Dak for me. I know that if that was a much harder question three weeks ago, but you're talking about a player that is on a hot streak right now. Uh, Dak Prescott has been uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the league let me pull up his uh game logs here the last two weeks he's been quarterback three and quarterback one overall so uh he's been putting in work and he's been doing it by throwing the cd lamb again his his uh his number one guy more involved so good matchup i'm 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 in it all right nolan says start one and half ppr hollywood brown drake london if he plays jordan addison and josh downs it's a tough one I'm not starting Hollywood Brown with Clayton no. Toon at quarterback. Can't. Um, I Drake London. I do like this week if he, um, if he's healthy, if he gets in a limited practice on Friday, he'd probably be in line to play. So we got to keep an eye on that. For me, it's between London and Addison. I kind of lean Addison, just with the way he's been going. Who's the fourth option? Josh Downs, who's also been. Pretty darn reliable over the last few weeks. I think I'm going with Josh Downs on this list because it's just like you got Hollywood Brown, Clayton Toon. You're not doing that. Who's the second guy? Jordan Addison. He's going to be with that rookie quarterback with Jaron Minnesota. Jaron yeah. Hall. That's hard to do. The second guy was who? Drake London, who's in Drake right London, now. who might not play. So if Drake London plays, you play Drake London, but I'm playing Josh Downs out of that right. list as of right now. Chasen77 says, start one wide receiver and one flex out of... Well, let's start with the wide receivers. Start a wide receiver between Josh Palmer and Christian Watson. That might be made for you because Josh Palmer isn't practicing. Um, I mean, I'm still going to go with Christian Watson. I think that he's been disappointing, but when you're talking about a mid-wide receiver against the Jets defense, who are giving up the least amount of points, they are the worst matchup um, to face in true matchup rankings, and they passed the eye test on that as well. Um, Low-key Quincy Williams, the middle linebacker, has been an absolute menace, like uh, an absolute yeah. machine. Um, it's really added a lot to the defense, including the secondary, who had, who now has to worry a little less about the run because Quincy Williams is such an animal. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm avoiding that matchup for me. All right. Um, let's see here. So Christian Watson, and now one flex. Between Josh and Christian Palmer. Watson has that ability too to still like hit one shot and pay off. Yeah. Michael, do you um, know the uh the uh snow in Vermont theory from the fantasy footballers for Derrick Henry? When there's snow in Vermont, Derrick Henry goes in. And today it's snowing in Vermont. And currently Derrick Henry's having himself quite the game. That's hilarious. Yeah, there's like stats that that prove like before and after the snows in Vermont. And it when it snows in Vermont on the day, he's great. And before, but before and after the first snows in Vermont, Derrick Henry's numbers like go skyrocketing through the roof because he's that kind of like not like I was talking about with Najee Harris earlier. Like that Derrick Henry is the prototype of what I said. Hey, yeah, yeah. 
Hey, yeah, yeah. All right, start a flex, Tim. Josh Palmer, Daryl Henderson, Rashad White, and Alexander Madison. I think Rashad White is the the choice here. I think. How do you go away from Rashad White right now? I, I mean, I know he's not the. It's not the prettiest, and he's not making like super big plays. But Rashad White has been super reliable. Um, let's go to the let's go to the film. I mean, the last uh, two weeks he has thirteen receptions and one hundred thirty five receiving yards. Yeah, uh, that's good for RB ten and RB twelve. Uh, he was in three of the last four weeks. He's been RB twenty or better. And even when he was in RB thirty five, he didn't kill your team. Uh, he got you six point eight PPR points. Obviously, you're not trying to have that. But you're talking about mixed in with. 17.9 PPR points, 15.9 PPR points. So this is a guy who you can't really sit right now. He's involved in the offense, and I'm, I'm going with Rashad White there. Yeah, uh, Big Willie says, as a Darren Waller manager, I'm looking for a replacement. Logan Thomas, Luke Musgrave, or Donald Parham. Oh, Gerald Everett. Um, Gerald Everett looks like he's going to play. Honestly, I'm surprised Logan Thomas is even still available um, in your league if he's there because he's been – Pretty darn reliable this year. I feel like I'd go with Logan Thomas. I'm going Ger- Gerald Everett against the Jets. I just think it's an easy play. I think he's another guy that I would bet anytime touchdown on. Maybe Parham. It's just a little. It is risky. I'll tell you that much. Going with so? Everett over Thomas. Thomas has solidified a pretty nice floor, but I do think sure. Everett probably has a little bit more upside. Sure, I I agree. Floor versus upside. Uh, Slater asks Michael Thomas or Demario Douglas. He's already starting Chris Olave. If that uh, if that changes things for you, Demario Douglas, someone I've mentioned in the waiver wire pod and article the last like three weeks when he was two uh, percent rostered, um, and now with Kendrick Bourne torn ACL, Devontae Parker dealing with an injury, Demario Douglas could be forced into eight plus targets this week. So I do think Demario Douglas has some uh, has some upside. For sure. I actually have Michael Thomas and Demario Douglas back to back in my rankings with Michael Thomas ahead. He's just been Michael Thomas has not been great by any means this year, but he's been about as flex like put Michael Thomas in the dictionary. and You'll get flex like he's been the wide receiver 41 this year. And it's basically because he's been the wide receiver 41 like every single week. Like he's just wavering between like wide receiver 30 and wide receiver 45. So. I think Michael Thomas is a safer play, but I do think DeMario Douglas has some sneaky upside. Yeah, that's the one where if you're like super, like you're chasing like 30 points projected, maybe you go with it like that. But I don't know. I'm not super excited about playing Michael Thomas, man. This, this guy's got a lot of red in his game logs. His 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 best finish is wide receiver 22. His best finish is 13.2 PPR points. Uh, do I want that? I don't know. I don't think I do. Uh, Mark one has a few questions here. Firstly, should I buy low on Devonte Adams? Look, yes. see, you say yes. How you low? Point you point. Yeah, you point me in the direction of someone willing to sell Devonte Adams low, because with the way it's been going with Devonte Adams, he's been killing his manager. But you're also it's still Devonte Adams, so you're expecting him to bounce back. All right, Michael. Like, one one for ones offered to you. For Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe this is a question that I can't answer. What does what the world come to? <laughs> I kind of lead Adam Thielen. I'm not going to lie to you. Garrett Wilson. I'd go Devontae Adams. Mm, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, easily. 
Jalen Waddle. I'd still give Adams a nod. Terry McLaurin. Devontae. So you would you would buy low on Devontae. You would trade one of these, like if someone's high on a on a, like a what about Michael Pittman Jr.? That's an interesting one. I still lean Devontae slightly. So would you trade so if someone is willing to give up Devontae for these guys, then hey, maybe you can buy low yeah. and have yourself a nice nice deal. Yeah, I guess that's your answer. Or like running back, I'd be willing to trade someone like Rashad White um, for for Devonta Adams as well. Um, he also Mark One also asks, "What do I do with Mixon and Pollard?" Um, well, Mixon, He's I don't about see, to turn up, man. Yeah, I don't really see an issue with Mixon. Um, it's not like he was a first round pick or anything. He was a third, fourth, fifth round pick. Currently playing like it, like he hasn't been killing you or anything. Um, yeah, and I do think better times are ahead. I don't have any issues with Joe Mixon. I'd hold him, I suppose, um, if you're if you're not sure what to do with him. But in terms of who is the other guy here? Um, Tony Pollard. Tim, what do you think about Tony Pollard, man? Because I don't get it. This guy, man. I don't understand what happened. I know he got hurt at the end of last year. Maybe, maybe he never really recovered from it because he looks like he's lost all his juice. He hasn't even been that effective in the passing game. Like, I'm just shocked. I don't really understand what happened to Tony Pollard. I mean, Tony Pollard, I, I, if I could tell tell you, I would too. I just, I, I blame coaching, but you're right. Like we talked about this the other day. He doesn't look like his same explosive self. He doesn't look like the guy that we saw last year. Well, he's got, he's been way less involved in the passing game and that's kind of where he made his mark. So maybe that has something to do with the lack of production. Like he's trying, he's just trying still, to make him between the tackles guy. He's averaging 3.9 yards per rush attempt now. I mean, Three of his first four years in the league, he was over five yards per attempt. Like, yeah. I don't know. If you have Tony Pollard, I don't know. I don't think – I think you're going to get uh, an undersell type of offer if you do try to move him. So I don't know if you if it's worth trading him. You just kind of have to hope he turns it around. It really – I guess it's league dependent. And if you're, if you're able to get good value for him. Like, I don't hate the idea of trading Tony Pollard away, but – you really got to make sure you get a good return. Devontae Adams. <laughs> that would be an interesting one for one to uh, supposed to be stars who are struggling. Um, he also says, are we panicking on Cooper Cup? Yes. If if Matt Stafford's out, I would. If Matt Stafford's back um, or playing, I know he has back-to-back down games, which is shocking for Cooper Cup. But, I mean... I still, it's still Cooper Cup. Like, if Matt Stafford's there, I expect him to bounce back. But I'm, I'm out on Cup if it's not Stafford. I, yeah, I mean, if it's Brett Ripien, it's going to be tough. I'm out on Puka too, and I have Puka in a lot of places, and I don't want to be out on Puka, but I'm out on Puka. Yeah, Slater says following up on Cooper. Cup. I well, hold on, hold on, because but because Matt Stafford may play, so I just want to like, yeah. You're not giving up on the hope of Matt Stafford because of the news that he's not going on IR. He's probably not going to play this week because they have a bye next week. So you assume that they're going to rest him through this week into the bye week so that he can be ready for week 11. I think that's the goal right now. And so I'm out on, on Cup probably this week and next week. Obviously next week. I mean, I'm still going to play him. It's still like, Yeah. I'm still, if you have him, you're playing him. There's no way you have a better bench than Cooper Cup. Mm, there's a lot of teams where... A lot of deep teams out there. 
Well, Slater asks, if you're in win-now mode, like you're out of the playoffs, you need wins, and you have Cooper Cup, would you be trying to trade him, and who would you try to get in return? If you I could do think, his name, yes. Yeah, I do think that makes sense, but, I mean, I'm not trading Cooper Cup under value. Like, I need a wide receiver, one, or an RB1 if I'm trading Cooper Cup. And plus, honestly, yeah. like two weeks ago, Cooper Cup would have been probably the most valuable player in fantasy football, a couple down weeks and a Matt Stafford injury, and now everyone's panicking. So I don't know what you'd be able to get for Cooper Cup, but I'd target a high-end wide receiver one, high-end RB one, right, or, or a very strong package if need be. It's quiz time for Bijan Robinson. Quiz Rogers. I prefer uh, if you're in win now, like I get it, but I still do prefer Cup last of season. Brees Hall. Uh, Brees, Joe Mixon, Cup, Devontae Adams, Cup, Derrick Henry, Cup. So unless you're getting a superstar, you're not trading him. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still, I'm not, I'm not giving up on him. All right, there you go. Um, start one in PPR: Rashi Rice, Christian Watson, Daryl Henderson, Tank Dell, and Demario Douglas. I think it's probably between Rashi Rice and Daryl Henderson. I agree. Um, PPR? In PPR, yeah. I'm going to go think, Rashi Rice, man. I know yeah, it's sound crazy. No, I'll give him the slight edge, too, just because it's it's PPR and Royce Freeman outsnapped Daryl Henderson last week. Yeah. I think Rashi Rice, is, I, I mentioned it already. He's. I think he has a huge game potential here against Miami. By the way, if anyone's wondering, like, my facial hair... I was a goat for Halloween with my family. We were uh, we we're all farm animals, and I really committed to the role, and I gave myself a goatee. See? A goat. Yeah, you're wearing the hat. Nice. Your boy's a goat. I had to start Jalen Warren in a league with buys, and he just got he just got to the end zone and stepped out at, like, the quarter-inch line. On purpose? Brutal. No, like, he got pushed out of bounds. Mm. And now Najee Harris is probably going to steal the touchdown. Well, I, I can't believe I'm going to have another outstanding performance on my bench, bro. Ken McDuff asks, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I might be biased, but I feel like I'm overthinking it. Should I stick with Jalen Hurts against Dallas? Absolutely. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, those kind of matchups, like when you have two elite teams like that, especially two division rivals, when you have them and they are – and they are like, I know they're both great defenses, but this is going to be a classic game, and they're going to have to go back and forth. They're going to have to put up points, and it's two teams that are have you know veteran quarterbacks that want to win. I think it's going to be a good game. Cowboys-Eagles yeah, games are always good games. Yeah, I agree. Um, Gary asks, half PPR start two between Terry McLaurin, Jordan Addison, Hollywood Brown, Josh Downs, and Jackson Smith-Najigba. So I don't think we're choosing JSN, right? So it's McLaurin, Addison, Hollywood, and Downs. I'm going McLaurin and Addison. McLaurin and Downs for me this week. 
Yeah, we already discussed Addison and Downs earlier we, we, and McLaurin. We, so. Yeah, we discussed all all three of those guys. Um, he also start one and a half PPR Olave, Addison, and Zay Flowers. I think it's a big Olave week, so I'm going Olave. I'm still going Olave, man. Like I still got some Olave belief. If you look at the outward peripheral numbers, like he's getting the targets and he's just not getting the touchdowns. Yeah. By the way, Najee Harris got stuffed, and then they did a direct snap to him, and he lost like five yards. So no touchdown for Najee Harris. <sighs> I mean, it's it's bittersweet because I want him to do better, but he's on my bench, so I'm kind of glad that I don't have to live with that. Well, um, I benched Taysom Hill last week, man, after having him in my lineup all week because of that stupid report about Jawan Johnson and his chest. That's what you get for... I lost. I lost. That's what you get for starting Kyle Pitts again. I lost. Um, Slater asks... Michael, I lost. Looking ahead to week 10. I know you lost him. I know. <laughs> Would you start Will <laughs> Levis... Against Tampa or Sam Howell against Seattle? Just looking ahead, I'd give the easy nod to Sam Howell based 100%. on his season. Yeah. Sam Howell's been great. I would now if you're talking to me about like, like Jordan Love, mm, that's when I said the, the around the Jordan Lovish areas where I'd start considering maybe some Will Levis after watching him do some impressive things against the Steelers defense and a veteran coach. Yeah, he has. Um let's see here. He also asked, would you guys add Devin Singletary for Miles Sanders? Not starting him this week, just looking for bench upside. If you're not starting Singletary, I don't know if I'd cut no. Sanders for him. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, Sanders has basically lost his job to Chuba Hubbard, it seems. But, guys, maybe Deontay know. Johnson has oh scored a touchdown. He did? I just watched it's him drop happened. one. No, he just scored. Yeah. You must be behind. I'm behind. It's happened, folks. Deontay Johnson has scored a touchdown. Oh red alert. God. Red alert. It has happened. <laughs> Michael, you mess with me right now because it's not updated on my Yahoo app right now. Tim, you he just scored me? a touchdown. Michael Next. is two is two minutes above the universe right now. Yeah, we don't really understand what's happening with our prime. All the streams, apps and everything but... are giving me updates at, at the time that like, they're usually right on it. And Michael's giving it two minutes early. Michael's just living two minutes earlier in life i got that good stream bro oh my god michael this guy deontay johnson really just dropped one all right slater also asks um de mercado daryl henderson and devin singletary assuming damian pierce is out who are you starting i mean de mercado singletary and who else and devin singletary and daryl henderson that's a tough one. That is a um, tough one. I kind of lean Henderson. Um, but, I mean, Devin Singletary. I wish Devin Singletary had a better matchup. Yeah. But I do think he's going to get the most touches of all these guys. So, Do you? If Damian Pierce is out, I think Devin Singletary is getting at least 15 carries and at least I three mean, targets. That's if Damian Pierce is out. Yeah, and he hasn't practiced yet. So we got to see what the Friday practice is looking like. But I still kind of lean Henderson. But... Henderson and if the and if Williams is I mean if uh if what is why why am I blanking on his name Singletary is, is no if Singletary is in the backfield by himself I agree with you go with him um but not if he's not if Damian Pierce is playing you go the opposite direction Mullen asks Terry McLaurin or JSN Terry McLaurin easy right. for me McLaurin all right Alec Blakeman asks start two in PPR we got a nice list here John. What kind of team do you have, Alec Blakeman? Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> Garrett Wilson, Bijan Robinson, DeAndre Swift, 
Tyler Lockett, Gabe Davis. I mean, I think it's obviously Taylor, Wilson, Bijan, or Swift that you have to choose two of. Right? Swift has like, been tough, man, because he started so hot and now he's been so cold. I mean, he hasn't been cold. See what we're looking at. He here. was RB15 last week. He's been yeah. fucking ridiculously solid. Last two weeks, RB23 and RB15. Now that's, that's cold for him. 10.5 PPR points, 14.4. You know, you're looking at a guy who the week before the before that was RB12, 10. I mean, I, I mean you got to start, but... you got to start Swift. I'm Especially in a starting, game like this. I'm not starting JT. Um, I'm just not doing it. It comes down to Bijan or Garrett Wilson in a game against Jared Hall. I think Bijan could get a lot of carries, but then again, it could be Tyler Algier. Oof. And Garrett Wilson has a great matchup against the Chargers, but his upside is limited because of Zach Wilson. Eileen, uh, Eileen Bijan, along okay. with um, DeAndre Swift. Let me see what we got going here with the Chargers. Um, Los Angeles Chargers. Their points over average to wide receivers is 16% over average. It's the 11th matchup. It's better over the last few weeks. Quarterback, they're still the second best matchup. Shady, they're giving up 3.2 points per game on the ground. And Shady, uh, Zach Wilson can run. All right. Yeah, I'll go B. John. All right, we got one more start sit and then um, three trade questions. All right. So this one, Kyle Pitts or Dalton Kincaid? I think we both agree Dalton Kincaid, Kincaid from Gary. Although yeah. if if there's no London, does that change your mind at all? No, I'm still starting Kincaid. Yeah, okay, that's a fantastic matchup. Kincaid is who are the, who are the Bills playing again? Cincy, who is... The Cincinnati. best matchup, or top three at least. I think it might be. I think number one and two matchup. Right? Used to be one. Now they're second. 97% yeah. over average. All right. Three trades here. Izzy says full PPR. Garrett Wilson and Ramondre Stevenson or Josh Jacobs? Going Wilson and Stevenson. Yeah, that's just a trio of disappointment. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, you take the upside in the depth there because, you know, Jacobs. A friend of ours just got who traded Jacobs away for a patron of ours too, to trade Jacobs away for Je- Justin Jefferson. That was a phenomenal pickup. But yeah, um, that was from Izzy. Nick Lovin has the final two trades here. Gus Edwards or Josh Palmer. So a small type of deal in PPR. Um, that, I'm keeping that, Gus Edwards hundred percent. Yeah. It hurts Gus Edwards a little bit, but I'm still probably keeping him, especially with Josh Palmer dealing with an injury. Yeah. And lastly, Jordan Addison and Alexander Madison or DK Metcalf. DK. Yeah, I give DK the slight edge here just because Justin Jefferson is expected to return and uh, Addison is Jaron Hall this week, which caps his, um, it drops his floor quite a bit. Like, I, I'm still starting Jordan Addison this week, but I'm certainly a little scared about it. DK Metcalf at least is guaranteed his role. Um, there's a world where in three weeks, Jordan Addison and Alexander Madison are both bench players. When what's his name comes back? When Justin Jefferson comes back, yeah. There's a in terms of world. in terms and, of like fantasy. Yeah, I mean, and if Cam Akers takes over, there's nothing that says that. Well, he's like Jordan Addison, I'm saying Jordan Addison's not going to sit. Though, like he's not going to be benched. He's still going to be a starting wide receiver for the Vikings. Yes, but I don't believe in Josh Downs' ability. Yes, he'll bench in. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. 
benched in terms of fantasy wise. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Michael. That, that, that's all, folks. Hold on. I wanna I wanna go into the dashboard real quick for the Vikings because I do want to mention the usage um of Alexander Madison and Cam Akers. Alexander Madison got a lot more work than Cam Akers did last week. Cam Akers just happened to find the end zone. Cam Akers, I mean, Alexander Madison, 57%. No, wait. wait. Last week, Alexander Madison, 64% of the rushes. You know, after the the week before, it was Cam Akers, 55% of the rushes. It seems to be game script dependent. So it's going to be interesting to see that play out. There's a world where Madison is useless. Is it the favorite? Maybe not. But there's a world where it exists. And that's all, folks. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. Again, this was the free episode for the year. If you want to continue to listen to the entire episode, if you like what you heard, uh, please go to patreon.com slash fantasy. Let me put this on the bottom here just in case no one knows how to spell that. Um, where is it here? Can't find it. Michael, find it. I got you, Tim. No worries. Uh, uh, Broto, patreon.com slash fantasy to support the show. Also, the Fantasy Football by Broto app is 100% free. There it is. Uh, follow us on X or Twitter or whatever they're calling it these days uh, at Broto Fantasy, at FF by Broto for any um, app stuff. Uh, also, our personal at Broto Tim, at Broto Michael, at Broto Jason, at Broto Casanova, and at Psychward FF. So check us out. Um, with that being said, Check out the app. We have articles dropping all the time. Themi is an absolute betting genius. I don't know how this guy is, is not a millionaire living in Miami at this point um, because he's, he's like he's like 70% again, like even more than that. Like yeah, he had a couple uh, a down weeks, and then he turned up big time again this past week. Let's go. Shout out to Themi. Back in it. Um, so, yeah, uh, check out all our stuff. We're going to bid you adieu here at exactly 145. Three, two, Michael, what you eat for breakfast today? Uh... Toast, thanks.